You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world, another time, in the age of wonder. There was once a dream, you could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can find All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! <laughs> I'll take your pixie out of your pockets. It's episode, this is 179. This 179. Second, second episode of Planet Comic Con for anyone who had heard the panel, which we haven't done yet. No, no, we're traveling through time right now. Exactly. You know, oh, because, Doc, I need my hoverboard. Yeah, well, you need to have your pixie dust, because I forgot to say, make sure you take that pixie out of your pocket, sprinkle some pixie dust around, grab your happiest thought, and fly away to Planet Comic Con! Yay! Woohoo! For the second day in a row. Now, those of you that are listening probably already listened last week to our panel, which is upcoming for us, so you've been to the future. And dazzled by it. Yes, I know. It was the greatest thing you ever heard in your life. Exactly. We had a crowd of 5,000 cheering, yeah. doing the wave, throwing money. Oh, I hope I get some of that. Yeah. You know, tips. They, they were trying to get me to take my shirt off because I'm looking so svelte since I've lost 20 pounds. Even though I still have a little bit of gut. But we're right now time traveling where we're standing in the line out here at Planet Comic Con. And it's a long one. We're, we're near yeah. the back. And we might even talk to people in the crowd that are looking at us like, what are these two doing? Exactly. They're talking to themselves. And quite loudly. <laughs> yes. So. I just noticed your shirt. Yes. But yes, the Neverland <laughs> Podcast. We have, if you could see us right now, we have equipment at our feet like you wouldn't believe. And poor Eric is going to help me pack me all this stuff <laughs> all over the place. Paul Berry doesn't have it this hard, okay? When he records live audio, he's not lugging around the camera, I don't think, every time. Uh, but anyway, so this is us online. If we come up with something pithy to say, we will reactivate and record more. But at this point, I have no idea what to say other than come with us on the planet Comic-Con. It's going to be great. Woo! Yes, yes. Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. All right, lots of news to cover, uh, mainly because we haven't covered anything in a while. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so now we're off the floor of Planet Comic Con to say that hey, the Food and Wine Festival is uh, going to be longer. Uh, this year. This is kind of cool. They're actually going to go for 75 days from August 31st through November 13th. So you get a bigger chance to go around Epcot and pig out on foreign foods. Have you ever been to the Food and Wine Festival? Chewing? Uh, not at Epcot. Uh, they've, they've had uh, some Food and Wine Festivals at Disney California Adventure. Participated in, uh, you know, my, my 
my food tastes are kind of simple, actually. So to be honest, most of uh, what I've seen hasn't really appealed to me. But, you know, I'm in the minority. I know that a lot of people look forward to these events. Yeah, I, you know, I think I would give it a try, given the opportunity, you know, just to, just for something different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gutsy sometimes, as long as they don't want me to eat uh, like a, uh, a squid or something. <laughs> well, that's really the monkey of the menu. Yep, and all we got was monkey in the menu. But I guess you're talking about monkey brains. You don't want monkey brains. Chilled, chilled monkey brains. Oh yes, well, if you, maybe it's, maybe they're better if you cook them. I don't know, but I'm not gonna try it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, uh, well, because your microphone's given out, I'll go ahead and read through the news bits, and you can comment. But we'll go on to the Hong Kong expansion. They've got approval to do this now, and on the Disney Parks blog, there is some concept art of Ant Man. They're looking to do some new expansions for both Marvel and for Frozen. So I, I think they're going to do an entire land in Hong Kong for Frozen because it doesn't the world just need a big Arendelle park because everybody apparently loves that. And I just don't understand why. All I can say is, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Hong Kong's going to get it and I'm sure it'll be cool. I'll I check out the Marvel stuff to see what all they've done. Uh, you know, if they do an entire land of Marvel. Well, and, and their concept art here for. Uh, what they show from Marvel, it, it, it is Ant-Man, and it looks like uh, the guests have some sort of devices to shoot, uh, oh, laser maybe, beams and things. So. Maybe you could pretend to ride on an ant and get to shoot in a shooting gallery? How, that would be fun. <laughs> maybe, you know, something like uh, Buzz Lightyear's Astro sp- uh, Spinners. Yeah, except for on an ant. There you go. That'd be fun. I, I could do that. That'd be fun. Anyways, uh, also... Now, another. Go ahead. What? I was going to say, they they are also going to have a new entertainment venue called Moana's Village Festival with a, a stage show. So that could be interesting. Yeah. A little Polynesian fun in Hong Kong. Exactly. A little closer to home, over in Tomorrowland, there is a new Skyline Lounge experience, which has got some really kind of cool retro decor. Uh, very boxy you know kind of couches and furniture but it all has lights in it and different colors so it looks really neat and this of course is gonna kind of it looks like it's overlooking a lot of tomorrowland so you can kind of look at everything and it's celebrating the uh, 40th anniversary of space mountain at disneyland uh and this is all of course in disneyland that you in order to go and check this out uh but you got some uh, a, a, sp- a very specific dining thing here you're going to get a snack box with a mickey cloud cake which is cream-filled sponge cake. I'm sold. Uh, Chocolate Eclipse, which is a cream-filled chocolate cake drenched in chocolate. So it's chocolate cake with chocolate cream and chocolate drench, I guess. Holy cow. A Coconut Comet, which is coconut strawberry ice sponge cake filled with cream. Planetary Pie, which is a mini cherry-filled pie. Moon Rocks, which is borson herbed cheese, cream cheese, shredded cheddar, and jack cheese, chives, pimentos, and bacon. So basically, you can eat your cheese for a for a quote-unquote meal and then pig out on all kinds of really good sweets. It's only going to cost you $45 for ages 3 and older with tax included. The reservations are officially open, which you can go to Disneyland.com slash dining or, of course, call 714-781-DINE. Uh, it looks like it's pretty small, but I, can, I think that's probably about a good diabetic portion for some of these sweets. <laughs> oh, certainly. And, you know, the place where this is located, it's actually on the second level of the Carousel of Progress building there in Tomorrowland. It's currently where uh, the... Uh, out on it. it it's 
it, it used to be Carousel of Progress. It used to be Innoventions. Uh, as of right now, you've got uh, Star Wars on the bottom level of it. For a while, there was a Marvel section on the upper section. Uh, this is just simply taking advantage of uh, some open space that they've at Disneyland, and I'll tell you, some of the views from that area are pretty spectacular when it comes to looking onto nighttime there in Tomorrowland, but it's also a great place to be able to view the fireworks. That's exactly what I was thinking. I would want to set up a good time and watch the fireworks. That would be awesome. Exactly. Unfortunately, I think this is going to be a limited time for the 40th anniversary of Tomorrowland and, uh, and the Space Mountain. But you know what? Maybe if it goes over well, a lot of people get in on it. You know, maybe they'll keep going because if there's money in it, you know they're going to do it. <laughs> Disney trying to make money? I know it's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> well, here's something that you'll be able to check out. There's going to be, of course, and this is not really surprising, uh, considering that the, uh, the, well, of course, this is going to be both Disney parks have been doing previews for Star Wars and Pete's Dragon throughout the years. Well, now we're going to get a preview of Cars 3, which will be in the Bugs Life Theater. Have they even been showing the Bugs Life movie at all here in the last few years? Yeah, yeah, they do. They do show it on and off. Um, basically, whenever the theater is not being used for these previews, they do use it for, uh, for, for the Bugs Life show. It's tough to be a bug, actually, is what it's called. Yeah, tough to be a bug. So I call it the Bugs Life movie, <laughs> but mm -hmm. I guess it's not. But, you know, starting May 12th, you can check it out in Disney's California Adventure. It's going to be presented in 3D, of course, with special and theater effects. So I'm sure they'll pump a little bit of gasoline smell into the room so everybody can choke out on fumes. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm sure it's not going to be like that. But then again, <laughs> you know, they might. they'll probably put some sort of engine smell a little light you know maybe lightly in there not enough to make you go oh man that's tough, but just enough to kind of well you know yeah. oh, oh certainly well and this theme is particularly set up to give you some uh not the average uh 4d effects that you normally associate with a theater like this yeah sure it does have wind machines and you get sprayed by water but uh one unique thing about the bugs life theater is uh it, in the show, they have wasps that will come down and sting you in the back, mm -hmm. yeah, which you can fill. And then also, uh, announcement for all of the oh, moving uh, underneath. Um, your took us. Oh, oh! <laughs> I was just going to say that there's also grubs that leave the uh, theater before you do, and they leave by uh, passing near your took us. Ah, yes, and you can feel them crawling down your legs. Yep. I remember that vaguely, <laughs> vaguely quite well. Um, when and when they did the uh, uh, the preview for Ant-Man in that theater, they certainly found ways to use two effects to give everybody the, the quivers. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But in March, on May 26th, the Disney's Hollywood Studios, uh, they're going to take over the one man's dream attraction and they're going to have artwork and maquettes from the production on display. And you'll be able to also see this same segment from the film, which the film opens, I believe, in June, doesn't it? Yes, 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 it's coming up. June, yes. June 16th. So, yes, definitely something worth checking out if you want to have a look at it. Uh, I must say, from the last trailer that they showed, it's starting to look more like the, what we expect from a Cars movie, so maybe not quite as dark as originally presented, but still looks like it's going to be good. So, I'm still interested. Mm -hmm. And this is not the only preview that's currently going to be going on in DCA. Uh, as of right now, they are also doing a preview for Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, over in the uh, Sunset Theater where uh, the Muppets had been. Because the Muppets are never going to get their theater back. <laughs> <sighs> 
Uh, okay, well, moving on. Let's say. <laughs> Let's say, yeah. Uh, Sony is going to move forward with their Spider-Man franchise outside of the MCU with their current plans. Now, this, of course, they had planned with the Amazing Spider-Man series that they wanted to do a Sinister, Sinister Six movie and a Venom movie. And they had all these plans to do all these different things, which kind of got laid aside when Amazing Spider-Man 2 underperformed. But now they think they've got a way in. They're, they're just itching to get away from the Marvel Cinematic Universe after they fulfilled their contractual movies with Spider-Man to get away and make a Venom movie. And uh, also now we've heard about a Black Cat Silver Sable movie, also known as, quote-unquote, the glass ceiling, because apparently Wonder Woman is not breaking the glass ceiling for them. Um, which, uh, I'm at the point, like, you know what, Sony? If you start making Marvel movies outside of the MCU, I'm not going. I don't want to see Venom taken away from the Spider-Verse and try to do its own thing. That would be terrible. I don't want to see you pull Black Cat away from the Spider-Verse until you've introduced her properly. And then, you know, if you want to make some Black Cat movies, I'd be all for it. But pulling it outside of the Spider-Man realm and trying to do its own thing, you're, you're, it's not going to be the same character. And I will just say one movie title, Catwoman. Exactly. Thinking the same thing. So, Sony, don't do it. You're going to lose money again. Stay working with Marvel Studios. They will steer you right. Go ahead and make some Black Cat movies. Make a Venom movie. That'd be awesome. But keep it connected to what you established with Spider-Man. So that means introduce some of the characters with Spider-Man. And then if you want to have them branch off and do some separate movies, I would be very excited to see it. Because I do love the character of Black Cat. I see her as a good partner for Spider-Man. I love it when they're teamed up. I don't like the fact that they've turned her into a villain again. Uh, but them as a team is great. I'd love to see them teamed up in a movie and then maybe see Black Cat do some of her own stuff because she's established as a character outside of Spider-Man's world a little bit as well. But her origins are strictly tied in with Spider-Man. It's very, very important you keep it there. Otherwise, it's just not going to be the same, and I'm going to have no interest. There's my rant you know, for Sony. <laughs> well, I'm just going to add, Sony, don't let Black Cat's bad luck powers do this move. Yep, and we only caught up to Black Cat's powers something, but yeah, I get it. Oh goodness, <laughs> you're, like, you're having a bit of Black Cat, Black Cat, uh, bad luck with your microphone here connection. Oh goodness, Apparently. yes. Well, we've got some casting news for the Lion King's live action uh, movie here with uh, Timon and Puma. Now we've got Seth Rogen to play Puma and Billy Eichner to play Timon. I am beginning to really care even less about this. Yeah. Um... You know, I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with Donald Glover as Simba and James Earl Jones as Mufasa. But, uh, you know, this this is kind of troubling. You know, uh, unfortunately, this isn't Hakuna Matata for me. I, I, I am having some worries. Yeah, I do not like Seth Rogen. I have not seen, seen Seth Rogen in a single thing that was good. He's no good. I don't know anything about Billy Eichner, but Seth Rogen is enough to make me say uh, no. But uh, in case you want to have any sort of other weirdness, uh, and I'm going to open this link up real quick because I should have opened it before, but uh, do you ever remember playing Rampage in the arcades or perhaps on your Nintendo or even on your PlayStation within the Rampage World Tour? I've played it on all three. Oh, yes. I used to love to play the heck out of this game, uh, but it has. I heard rumors that this was coming, but it's official. Uh, Dwayne Johnson will be playing a role in the 1986 arcade game Rampage film adaption and um yeah <laughs> basically instead of having humans that turned into monsters for whatever reason that when they're defeated they turn back into little naked humans which was pretty mm -hmm. funny these are going to be about some animals that uh, get infected with some sort of weird serum and grow at an unprecedented rate 
Uh, I'm, I'm reading directly from a tweet, I guess, that uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson put out. Uh, all three animals grow at an impre- unprecedented rate. Their size, speed, and agility, and violent aggression is off the charts, and they go on a deadly rampage and want to destroy the world. So, that, I, 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 it's going to be at least a rampage of giant animals. Uh, I'm not 100% certain that this is going to come around and actually be fun. Um, it sounds a little, I don't know, lame. Preachy. Yeah, it's just like, eh, whatever. Okay, mad animals that grow big. Uh, but Rampage is going to be released April 20th in 2018. Uh, and, of course, if you really want to see you know, Dwayne Johnson in a really bad movie, Baywatch is coming out May 25th. So, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, I love the game, but I just don't see a movie franchise in this. Uh, so, yeah, I, 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 could, I could live without it. Oh, but we have some other really kind of cool news coming up here because we have release dates for stuff like Frozen 2. Oh, and The Lion King, which we're not really going to see that. And I'm not, you know, but Frozen 2, November 27th, 2019. Which, by the way, the musical is making its debut in Broadway in the spring of 2018. I'm sure it'll go over fairly well. I think they'll do a good job with that. John Favreau is the only thing good about The Lion King movie, and that has been set for July 19th of 2019. Oh, again, uh, there's James Earl Jones. Well, yeah, uh, you know, but you know, him playing Mufasa is nothing new, which I guess that's fine. I mean, that's still <laughs> pretty cool. Uh, the Indiana Jones film is now going to be July of 2020. Mm-hmm. Wrinkle of Time has been moved up a month to March 9th, 2018. Uh, Magic Camp, I have no idea what this is, uh, but this is coming August 2018. And then a couple more animated features also have some dates. Uh, one from Disney, November 24th of 2021, and Pixar has one June 18th of 2021. So we at least have a little bit of a schedule coming ahead of some upcoming movies, and I guess the big excitement, of course, um, Frozen 2. Uh, we also know that Wreck-It Ralph 2 and Gigantic are on the way, but I haven't seen much... Oh, wait, no, wait, here we go. Gigantic, November 21st, 2018, was the original date. It's been moved to November 25th, 2020. Uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet... We'll be given a few months more to power up, moving to the November 21st slot instead of its original March 9th date. So things are getting kind of moved around with those. Uh, Gigantic, I don't know what to expect out of that. That's Disney animation. I'm sure it'll be kind of cool. They're saying it's a retelling of Jack and the Beanstalk, but really uh, it seems to have no resemblance from anything I've read. So it's going to resemble Jack and the Beanstalk as much as Frozen resembles the Snow Queen. Mm -hmm. Yep. One title movies. One title movies. Or one word title movies. <laughs> yep. Which worked for Tangled because Tangled is actually a pretty good movie and did use enough elements from the original fairy tales to where we can uh, relate it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's time for a movie review. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Hey, a movie. Yeah, we're gonna be a movie starring Where you people sing this for the first time. Kermit, I got a great picture of the chicken. Oh, good. Okay, so I want to be very careful about how we talk about this movie because there is so much that I don't want to spoil because in the trailers, in the commercials, no one told you who the villain was. And I don't want to tell anybody in case they haven't seen it. So we'll just get down to some nitty gritty in the redo there. I don't know if you want to comment on that, but. <laughs> Uh, I would say don't bring your kids to this one. There were kids in the audience. Uh, It seems to me now I'm going to I'll go out and say first. Yes, I did enjoy the movie. But okay, so what made the first one go was, you know, it was a little bit more grown up with some of the humor a little bit. 
Well, growing up, a little irreverent, a little irreverent stuff like that. When it was funny and there was some heart in it, and it was good. It mm-hmm. seems that what they figured this time was like, okay, we know being a little bit irreverent was good and having some heart in it was good, so I guess we need to just put those on steroids and push as much irreverence and heart into it as we can to try to make the sequel. And what you ended up getting is a bunch of crude jokes that weren't funny and, well, a whole lot of co- heart that was good, but also a little schmaltzy. Mm-hmm. But yet it was still very enjoyable, and I highly recommend the movie. Yeah, and and I, I have to agree 100%. This, this is certainly a PG-13 film in every respect. Mm-hmm. Um, so you definitely want to be careful uh, taking your kids to it. But, you know, again, for for a good, you know, hour and a half, two hours worth of fun, it, you know, it lives up to what the first film did. And it does, uh, rather than retread a lot of the same material that the first movie did, it actually goes and expands the story. Yep. Expands characters, the characters more of an arc and yeah. oh, very much so. And, and certainly uh, gives you a lot more to like about Yondu. Of oh, all yes. characters, yeah, because you know, Gandhi was definitely enjoyable in the first movie, but this time they they turn it up to an eleven. So you know, because it's Michael Rooker, and who doesn't love Michael Rooker anyway? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's just awesome. So we get to spend a lot more time with Yondu and get a lot more story and a little bit more about the Ravagers, a little bit more to fill in his story arc from the first you know movie that we learned a little bit about. Mm-hmm. So we learn a lot about these characters. Oh, and, and we certainly learn a lot more about the Ravagers as well. Oh, yes. This was almost like, you know, Star Wars, how it introduced the characters of the Empire, built the characters up until we got more establishment and we learned more about them as people. That's what this movie did for the characters. We learned a lot more about them and to expand it. So this was like, in the trilogy of Guardians movies, this is going to be the Empire movie. With, yeah. with, with a semi-dark ending at the end, actually. Yes. Yes, but I, but I won't say any more about it. But before we got that dark ending, we really got a nice little reference to Disney history. Oh, yes. No. With probably the, <laughs> the new quotable quote and T-shirt of the year. Yes. I've already seen uh, from one of the, the people from Disney Indiana. I will not name names, but I don't think you realize that it had this word in the meme where it says, I am this certain character. But put an expletive f-bomb in the middle of the first and last name of this very uh family-friendly character franchise which is getting a sequel where they've cast the wrong person because they should have cast michael rooker (laughs) (laughs) because he is this character yes but i'm not gonna say what because i don't want to spoil the the (laughs) hilarity of that moment that was fantastic yes yes and you know can we just talk about baby groot for a moment I was hooked from the beginning when he's dancing while they're fighting a monster. Mm-hmm. And and I love the opening. You know, I it's not going to be any surprise to anyone who's seen the trailers that, you know, from I don't think it's going to be any surprise to anybody once they watch this movie that to realize that the 80 percent trailers content comes from the first half hour of the movie. Pretty um, much. <laughs> they, the tra- yeah. The, I mean, the trailers really don't show how the the movie's going to end i mean there there was one trailer centered around a big event that happens you know towards the end but for the most part you the trailers don't give away this story and but the trailers do focus a lot on you know drax and the others uh, attacking this huge creature and the way that they frame it just to open it up we're seeing everything from groot's perspective and groot <laughs> isn't involved in the fight all <laughs> yep he's just <laughs> dancing through the credits it's fantastic exactly 
and I loved every and, minute of it. I was laughing hysterically. Yeah. <laughs> and and to know the direction that they're taking Groot by the end of the film. <laughs> I am Groot. Yeah. Oh, you, you make sure you stay till the very, very end. Uh, and I did see a few people who got up and said, "Oh, well, we saw one of the little shooter things there." Uh, and so I guess we've seen it all. It's like, no, you got to stay. They keep coming back in the middle of the credits. Plus, the credits were fun to watch. They had some little things happening in the credits. Every once in a while, in the credit, it will say, "I am Groot," and then by, by about halfway up the screen, it would turn into production by blah 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 blah. You know. And and th- did you? Those end credits not only included glimpses of characters from the first movie that aren't in the second, but they also included glimpses of characters coming up in Thor. Yes, I, re- I recognize Thor Jeff Ragnarok. Goldblum. Yes, mm-hmm. so I was like, ah, that's awesome. And uh, there, there's a character named uh, Kogar that is also going to be in or Thor Ragnarok. Well, uh, in fact, uh, during the sequence, rather than jumping through hyperspace, um, they show that they have to jump through different points in space, mm-hmm. get from one location to another. And you see maybe Krogar or people uh, from his race uh, jumps. Okay, well, we, we lost so again, they're, in there. They're so. slowly. Oh, so Krogar uh, you, appearing there, there with are, his race as what? Uh, during one of the ship jumps, right during the jumps that takes place, exactly. So, okay. you know, they're they're slowly setting up things for Thor Ragnarok as well. Yes, and we even get our good Stanley cameo, and they confirmed something that we have all thought, but I'm not going to say what that is either. <laughs> he is not directly one yes. of them, but apparently he is working with them, and uh, it makes perfect sense, and it was fantastic. And only exactly. the Marvel fans and are going to get it because people who are just movie fans are going to like, oh, that's funny. He's talking to weird people. It's like, we know uh-huh. who those weird people are. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's very interesting that we got those weird people who are currently uh, associated with a property that Fox owns or for that Fox has the rights to. Mm, yeah, yeah, because I guess you would see them more with, well, but, you know, they can fit in with any other cosmic Marvel character, really. So it doesn't necessarily have to they be ones that they uh, were. But they were introduced through make that involved four fantastical figures. Yeah, that have not gotten a good movie in years. Right, and have not gotten a good movie ever. <laughs> well, I liked the uh, the Silver Surfer one that they had. That was pretty mm. good. I liked it. But yeah, no, comment. Not, no comment. No <laughs> comment. <laughs> well, but see, the Fantastic Four have never really fully appealed to me anyway. But uh, I mm-hmm. did enjoy the second movie. Just I, I think it was perfectly cast for the Silver Surfer. I loved having. Uh, Morpheus and there, Lawrence Fishburne playing the Silver Surfer and being his voice. I loved it. That mm-hmm. was cool. I mm-hmm. would like to have actually seen Galactus instead of maybe Shadows and Clouds, but I still enjoyed it. And it was still a fun ride. Compared to the first Fantastic Four movie they did, or even compared to the Roger Corman one, that if you happen to have seen that one. <laughs> say no more. Yeah, say no more. We won't even talk about the whatever that was that Fox put out a couple of years ago or whatever. Just, I'm just not even going to touch that one. Mm-hmm. Now, an, another thing. Oh, okay. oh, yes. Yes. Well, I was just going to say, I also set up the, uh, these uh, attacking aliens and how they utilize their spaceships. And you know what? Somebody has definitely been playing Galaga. Oh, heck yes. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> I love that. And it was not, so much like an arcade. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was not just a shield agent 
Galaga this time. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot, but I don't want to say anymore because it's, it's a, one of the other greatest scenes, and especially with the, it, it was so much like people playing an arcade, and when one of oh, when yes. they blow up, how they act like they lost, but then everybody gathers around the one that's doing good until they lose, and then like, ah, oh, well, you stink. <laughs> <laughs> and and I loved that that was also not the only classic arcade reference. <laughs> yes, there's a fantastic. I, I, one I'm in not going to say anything more, and it's a great callback to a joke that said up earlier as well yes it was that was a big laugh out loud moment for me i think my voice echoed around the theater i laughed so hard at that <laughs> so there's definitely some good stuff to this movie despite the the fact that it was a, a little bit of recycled the same things that i think made it popular the first time but it's still highly enjoyable mm-hmm. and uh i not to give anything away but i want to talk about some characters just that might come up maybe you know, a movie in the future. like Yes, especially those that might be associated with the uh, Infinity Gauntlet. Yes, although I guess he's not going to be involved, but Adam Warlock would be perfect to be included with the Infinity Gauntlet. But uh, we don't get him, and uh, when he first comes out, uh, well, I guess he's been given the name of Adam already, but uh, he was known as him when he was created mm-hmm. by a group of researchers actually in the comics called the Beehive. Uh, not quite going to be the same in the movie. But he is still going to be connected with his genetic twin, Aisha. Yeah. Um, we want to be careful how much we say about you know, this. Cause he has recently been rebor- reborn by the High Evolutionary, which would be interesting to see if that comes about in some fashion in a future movie, because that's that could be scary, powerful villain to have to deal with in some ways. Mm-hmm. Well, so. and, and Adam Warlock in the comics has the soul gem, right. which I believe is what Vision currently has yes i'm wondering how that's going to play out because they they have that as if the soul gem is what's giving vision all of his his mind his powers and everything so that's a very I, I, I like that it's a different take for vision having him with the soul gem but i like that they've done it it's it's very interesting uh, i just worry mm-hmm. that vision's going to die but probably come back uh in the infinity war because <laughs> I, I think mm-hmm. thanos is going to capture all the gems in this film so oh he has to he has mm-hmm. to he has in, to. in fact in fact, was Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, this volume two, the first time in the MCU that they've mentioned the Infinity Stones by name? Yes, that's when they finally called something an Infinity Stone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's coming around. And I just wish they'd have gotten Adam Warlock maybe introduced a little sooner so they could bring him into the Infinity War. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's we know it's, it's coming. You know, yes. I'm sure he'll... Uh, it would be interesting to have him interact with Vision at some point, you know, because of the Soul Gem connection. So mm-hmm. I would like to see that uh, just, you know, to kind of see what they do with it, because, you know, they're 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 kind of doing their own thing, but yet they're doing enough connecting to where all the Marvel fans are still happy. Uh, so yeah. mm-hmm. some other interesting character names and golly, I guess we can name a few actors um, that will probably be playing these characters in a future movie. But uh, we have Starhawk, also known as Stalker. I guess that's how you pronounce it. I didn't get. You know, I was kept trying to St- understand how they say his name. Staker. Stakar. 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 Okay, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Sylvester Stallone not in the movie as much as I thought, but basically setting up to where uh, we will be seeing quite a bit of him later. Hopefully. Hopefully, I yeah, I'm I'm hoping they get their own movie, but uh, some of the original Guardians, basically from when the books first got going, were were making appearances. Yeah, from. Yeah, beginning in the mid-70s and uh, with their series in the 90s, uh, they're actually, the, the original Guardians of the Galaxy was set in the year 3000 and led by a character named Vance Astrovic, who actually 
you know, we'll just let you know that that character does not exist in any of the MCU movies so far that we know of. But right. uh, certainly uh, Sylvester Stallone's character, Stakar, better known as Starhawk, uh, is a very recognizable character uh, for anyone familiar with those older uh, Guardian stories. Uh, and you see almost from the beginning of his entrance, he's also accompanied by another one of these original Guardians, Martin X. Yes. Which, uh, let's see, I remember seeing who was voicing that character. Uh, oh. I forgot who it was. Michael Rosenbaum. Yes. yes. He's Lex still Luthor. bald. <laughs> <laughs> and The Flash. Right. <laughs> so, very cool to see Michael Rosenbaum uh, while getting to be voiced. I wonder if he got to do the uh, the motion capture for the character as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. We just don't have that information here. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out perhaps later on, you know, I'm sure because I'm hoping this character is going to be back along with Michelle Yeoh uh, playing Alita yes. Ogord, which uh, I'm not entirely familiar with which character from the original Guardian she would represent because uh, I guess that uh, that is not her more of a superhero type. Of name. She, she was also she, she was also a female version of Starhawk. I see. OK. And she is apparently uh, in the comics, at least the wife of Starhawk as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So and as the female version of Starhawk too, so oh, yeah. <laughs> there's there's a bit more story to that. <laughs> yeah, I think I've actually got some Spider-Man issues where she popped up as a female version of Starhawk. I think I've seen that, that mm-hmm. form before. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I have to go back through some of my stuff. So, uh, but we also got to hear Miley Cyrus voicing somebody called Mainframe, which is an artificial intelligence, so which came from the same operating system as Vision. I'm pretty sure it's not actually going to be connected to Vision in the same way. But, uh, you know, maybe we can have some connection to the Soul Gym that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the uh, original villains for these Guardians was called the Stark. It was a, a race of sentient machines hmm. that uh, basically came from Tony Stark's uh, Iron Man armor. That's cool and scary. And then we also had Charlie 27 played by the great Ving Rames, which awesome casting for for the images i've seen here at charlie 27 uh that's <laughs> getting being raped is awesome although he makes me want to go mm-hmm. to arby's every time mm-hmm. i see him now because he they have the meat <laughs> yes yes it's sort of like that other actor that every time i you know, like sam elliott I, I always want some beef now when i hear his voice it was for dinner mm-hmm, it is what's for dinner that and some you can get some beef at arby's you can get beef on an ebro at arby's right now and that's starting to sound pretty good to me because i'm talking about it <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, but we got to see some potential characters there. If we stuck yes. around to the entire thing, which might be, I would like to see them get their own movie because you know that's that, that would be actually pretty awesome. But you know, if they pop up in the next Guardians movie, that would be pretty cool. But I'd, I'd love a spinoff with these characters. I I I'd, I'd enjoy it just gives us new characters, and plus, you know, Sylvester Stallone is always cool. And how else do you do better when you've had Kurt Russell now in a movie? Uh, okay. I mean, come on, you got to step up and bring out Sylvester Stallone. Uh, which oh, I yes. suppose we could have talked a little bit about Ego, the Living Planet, but uh, I don't want to give away anything from the movie, so I guess we won't talk about Ego, the Living Planet so much. Yeah, maybe, maybe a little closer to the home release. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or you know, a little bit down the line, uh, I do you plan to see, at least talk to – there's another uh, podcast called The Worst Comic Podcast Ever that I wanted to get together and talk some comics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That might be a good time to bring it up. Oh, yes. So we'll go into there. But, yeah, definitely go check out this movie. And I'm glad we told you a little about about some characters. So when um, when you stick around to the end credits and you happen to uh, catch some of these characters, you're going to be like, "Ooh, that's going to be <laughs> awesome because it will be. Yep. Yep. Definitely. 
to Disney and beyond. All right, so now we're out walking the floor. We're going to see uh, what more fun we can have around here. And we're going to talk to some people at some booths. Right now, we've stopped at the Brick Lab, which I've heard of. I have a friend of mine, Ken, who's done some stuff at the Brick Lab. But there's some really cool stuff. I just I got stopped by this really cool Optimus Prime that, from a distance, I thought it was one of the original toys. And I thought, oh my gosh, they actually have one of the original toys. It was weird. It was the Lego booth. But no, it's made completely of Lego. Oh, I should take a photo. Oh, yes. And we've been taking some photos, they, what we've seen so far, an Ecto-1. Uh, the DeLorean from Back to the Future. General Lee from the Dukes of Hazzard. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, we've got some really good photos. We'll make sure we share, but i got to take some photos of these really cool Lego outfit de designs here. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, look at Wreck-It Ralph. That's really good. Yeah, it is. Wow. I like the visual. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I don't know how they put the tongue on there. That's pretty neat. That is very, very cool. I don't know if that tongue is necessarily a Lego piece. Maybe not. I can tell. I didn't know. Uh, we have now been joined by, by Lost Boy Philip. Yeah. Awesome. Which hopefully you can hear him very well. Hello there. Because I don't have a way to put a mic on him, unfortunately, because <laughs> our third mic didn't work. But this is for the KC Brick Lab. Um, I'm going to walk down here. Uh, this looks like one of the setups that they do at Crown Center. Uh, very, very cool here. Uh, Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. I'm also seeing the Milano. Here's Groot. Thanos. Uh, where's Thanos? Oh, there's Thanos. Yeah. Awesome. Doc Ock. I'm hearing my name. Oh, there's the can. All righty. Well, you speak loud enough. You are on episode 179. So Ken and I have known for a very long time as part of KC. Come and tell us about KC Brick Lab and stand close enough to where we get you on, on audio. Uh, KC Brick Lab is a Lego user group based here in Kansas City. Uh, oh, shoot. I knocked down a tree. And you're killing a tree. Yeah. I uh, founded the group back in 2012, and uh, now we've got about 450 members. Uh, we get together the second Sunday of every month and uh, at Union Station and talk about Lego and plan future builds and stuff like that. Right now we have a city that we've built. It's got all the superheroes you can possibly imagine. We've got Marvel, we've got DC, we've got your Harry Potter stuff, we've got Lola, we've got the DeLorean from Back to the Future, we've got a custom-built Bat Train here. Uh, a custom-built Hogwarts Express, and we've got the Quinjet crashing into the Grand Emporium. Oh, and also you can't forget the giant Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Um, my creation that I did personally, I've got a, down there at the very bottom, I've got a recreation of a scene from the uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Really? And then over here we have a grain elevator from a comic book back in 1982 based here in Kansas City. Spider-Man and the Incredible Hulk yep. Chaos in Kansas City. It was yep. given out free in the Kansas City Star. Yep. Wow. I, have it. I, have yeah. it. Yep. I did not know about that. Yep. I remember that comic from when I was a kid, so I recreated yeah. the scene in Legos. So when you're planning these, do you have to sit there and kind of draw them out and plan, you know, how many bricks we're going to need on this and work it well, all out? not exactly, because each person builds something different. Like uh, Ty over there created one thing, Sean, uh, Sean created another, and Stuart built another thing. And each person brings their different things, and we put them together to make our city. We plan out ahead of time what the city is going to look like based on the train first. So we, we plan the train first, then we plan the city, and then we figure out how many squares we're going to have inside the city, 
and then we assign squares to different people based on how many sets they can bring. So if somebody can bring, oh, I've got this modular that I've designed, I've got this set that I can bring, then we'll plan it out accordingly. And this is a combination of custom sets, it's custom, uh, com some actual sets from LEGO, like the Grand Emporium there is two different Grand Emporiums combined and altered a little bit. Then like this Chili's and the Dunkin' Donuts. Um, Dunkin' Donuts was done by Susie, one of our members. The uh, signs are custom printed by one of our members, Terry Acuna. And then of course the Chili's and the Bowling Alley are sets that you can actually download on the internet. You can download the instructions and then you just get the parts and build the set yourself. But a lot of them are custom made as well. Like this, um, this building right here with the, uh, uh, I can't even read the sign. <coughs> gridiron, the gridiron pizza shop there. That was because uh, we had a seed build. A seed build is when you have a whole bunch of extra parts and you give the parts to everybody and they have to create something using those parts. Well, one of our people used these little red discs that we had that was a seed build and built the uh, gridiron pizza shop using those discs as the awnings and also the round disc up on the top of the building. There's a Princess Leia down at the end that also used those little discs as the cinnamon buns on her hair. Oh, I'm have to scan down to find everything. Now, the uh, with the gridiron pizza, I'm seeing the green arrow there. Is that actually a location in an arrow that maybe I'm not thinking of right now? I don't know. Because <laughs> it seems like it's from something, like gridiron pizza, or it's just somebody had a fun idea of doing it. Honestly, I, I don't know who did that one, so I'm not sure. But um, our group is Casey Brick Lab, and you can find us at caseybricklab.org, or you can go to Facebook slash Casey Brick Lab. And is it an all-ages group? Uh, it's an adult-oriented group, so 18 and older, but we do allow junior members 13 to 18 if they join with their parents. Ah, well, keep it in the family then. Right. Yeah, so it makes sense. Right. They have to join with, a, with an adult. Awesome. And we meet every second Sunday at Union Station. So anyone who's local, at least in Kansas City, can come and check this out. Maybe get this going internationally, then some more listeners can well, actually Well, actually, uh, LEGO user groups are international. Um, it's a group that LEGO kind of sponsors us, but they're all their own separate entity, entities. They're not actually owned by LEGO or anything like that. If you want to find out uh, where they are, best thing you can do is either go to AFOLs of Facebook and ask somebody, because that's the biggest group on Facebook right now. Yeah. But there's an ambassador network, and on the ambassador network is a map of all the different lugs all over the world. There's probably a lug near you. Uh, just look up uh, Lego user group and then your city, and you'll probably find the one closest to you. Now, what's the basic skill level you need somebody to have? Because somebody like me, I can only get something good if I follow instructions. Well, the good thing is you don't really have to have a skill set. You can design, you can just contribute a few minifigures to a display, or you can build something gigantic. I, I'm very um, basic as far as my <laughs> skill set goes. I can't build these gigantic, wonderful things. Yeah. But I did manage to build that basic grain elevator. Yeah. You know, you don't have to have a lot of skill set. You just have to have a little bit of creativity and some patience. A lot of patience. Yeah. Which I never did have. <laughs> All right, so this has been Ken here, which I've known him for a very long time, the KC Brick Lab. It's good to see you, Jeremy. Yep. This is your Neverland story time. You can listen along with your MP3 device. You will know it is time to listen when you hear the chime like this. Let's begin now. This is the story of the Guardians of the Galaxy. You can read along with me in your book. 
you will know it is time to turn the page when you hear this sound. Let's begin now. Space outlaw Peter Quill was looking for something. He had just reached a mysterious temple and had grasped the object he was after, a silver orb, when he suddenly heard a voice from behind him. Drop it! Drop it now! A band of Kree warriors surrounded him. Peter dropped the orb. Korath, the leader of the group, confronted him. How do you know about this? Peter looked at them, confused. I don't even know what that is. Korath just scoffed and ordered his men to take Peter back to their ship. But Peter was able to grab the orb and escape in his ship, the Milano. Then Peter received a call from his employer, Yandu. Yandu was the head of the Ravagers, a group of outlaws. He wanted to sell the orb for a large profit, but Peter refused to hand it over. Infuriated, Yandu turned to his men. Put a bounty on him, 40K, but I want him back alive. Meanwhile, Korath reported the theft of the orb to his lord, Ronan, on his ship, the Dark Aster. Ronan was a powerful Kree who wanted to destroy the people of Xandar, the capital world of the Nova Empire. Ronan was furious. I promised Thanos I would retrieve the orb for him. Only then will he destroy Xandar for me. Ronan ordered Thanos' daughter, Nebula, to steal the orb back. Gamora, her sister, reminded Ronan that she had more knowledge of Xandar. Ronan agreed to send Gamora, but gave her one final command. Back on Xandar, Peter tried to sell the orb, but he had no luck. While figuring out his next move, Peter saw Gamora and introduced himself. Peter Quill, people call me Star-Lord. But Gamora grabbed the orb from Peter and ran. While Peter and Gamora fought, a pair of bounty hunters named Rocket and Groot saw Yondu's reward on Peter. They tried to capture him, but the Nova Corps arrested all four of them. The Nova Corps officers took Peter, Gamora, Rocket, and Groot to the maximum security prison, Kiln. As they entered, Gamora revealed the real reason she was after the orb. I wasn't retrieving the orb for Ronin. I was betraying him. I had an agreement to sell it to a third party. Peter was surprised. Inside the jail, the other prisoners harassed Gamora. Ronan had killed their families, and they wanted Gamora dead as payback. Later that night, they grabbed Gamora. Peter and Rocket followed them, but before Peter could stop them, a large inmate named Drax the Destroyer intervened. Ronan had killed Drax's family. Drax wanted to kill Gamora himself. Peter came to Gamora's defense. You know, if killing Ronan is truly your sole purpose, I don't think this is the best way to go about it. She betrayed Ronan. He's coming back for her. You want to keep her alive. Realizing Peter was right, Drax let Gamora go and stormed off. Gamora asked Peter why he had saved her from Drax. Peter just smiled. Simple. How much was your buyer willing to pay you for my orb? She crossed her arms. Four billion units. Rocket and Peter's jaws dropped. Rocket decided to make Gamora an offer. He could get them out of the jail. Gamora agreed. If you free us, 
I'll lead you to the buyer directly. Rocket quickly told them his brilliant escape plan as Groot ripped the Cornex battery from the guard tower. The alarm sounded and the three inmates sprang into action. Working together, they took over the guard tower, but Drax had followed them. He was going to stay by Gamora's side. Rocket turned off the artificial gravity, releasing the tower from its base. They floated out of the entrance of the prison. After retrieving their things and the ore, they all escaped in Peter's ship. Together, they set a course for the mining colony of nowhere. Peter wanted to know what was in the orb. I'd trust you a lot more if you told me what this was. Because I'm guessing it's some kind of weapon. But Gamora admitted she didn't know what the orb contained. When they landed, Gamora made contact with her buyer, a mysterious man named The Collector. Inside his shop, The Collector revealed a smaller stone inside the orb. It was an infinity stone, which could only be wielded by a being of extraordinary strength. The stone had the power to destroy entire planets and civilizations. While the Collector discussed payment, his vengeful servant grabbed the infinity stone. Its power consumed her, setting off a massive explosion. Peter and Gamora were able to escape the destruction, but Gamora was shaken. We have to bring this to the Nova Corps. There's a chance they can contain it. She turned to Peter. We cannot allow the stone to fall into Ronan's hands. We have to go back to your ship and deliver it to Nova. But before they could all agree on a plan, Ronan's ship landed on nowhere. Drax had sent a message to Ronan. He wanted to finish Ronan once and for all. Peter was furious. You called Ronan? While Drax fought the evil Kree, the others took off in pods. They couldn't let Ronan get the orb. But Nebula followed them. High above nowhere, she blasted Gamora's ship. It exploded, sending Gamora and the orb flying out into space. Nebula retrieved the orb and left her sister to die. Thinking quickly, Peter sent out a radio message. Yondu! Yondu! This is Quill! My coordinates are 2, 2, A, 3. Just outside nowhere. If you're there, come get me. I'm all yours. Activating his Star-Lord mask, Peter rocketed out into space. Grabbing Gamora, he put his mask on her so she could breathe. Just when all seemed lost, Yondu picked both of them up in his ship. Meanwhile, Drax had been unable to defeat Ronan. Back on his ship, Ronan called Thanos. The orb is in my possession, as I promised. However, now that I know it contains an infinity stone, I wonder what use I have for you. Thanos warned Ronan not to defy him, but Ronan disconnected the holographic communicator. Ronan smashed the stone into his warhammer. I will unfurl 1,000 years of Kree justice on Xandar and burn it to its core! On Yondu's ship, the Ravagers threatened Peter, but Peter had an idea. If you kill me now, you are saying goodbye to the biggest score you have ever seen. Peter explained that Gamora could help them steal the stone back, and Yondu could make a huge profit. 
Hey, what do you say, Yondu, huh? Me and you taking down marks side by side like the old days. <laughs> Laughing, Yondu agreed. Just then, Rocket, Groot, and Drax showed up on the Milano and tried to rescue Gamora and Peter. Quickly, Peter stopped his friends and brought them on board. Once they were on the Ravager's ship, Gamora filled Rocket, Groot, and Drax in on the new plan. What's important now is we get the Ravager's army to help us save Xandar. Rocket was skeptical. We're gonna rob the guys who just beat us senseless. Peter tried to encourage them. Come on, I need your help. I for one am not gonna stand by and watch as Ronan wipes out billions of innocent lives. One by one, they all agreed to fight back. Peter and Gamora explained their plan to the Ravagers. Rocket will lead a team to blow a hole in the Dark Aster starboard hole. Then, our craft and Yondu's will enter. Once they know we're on board, Ronan will isolate himself behind impenetrable security doors on deck, which I can disable by dismantling the power source. We'll make it to the flight deck, and I'll use the Hadron Enforcer to kill Ronan. Once Ronan is dead, we will retrieve the stone. Everyone geared up to put their plan into action. As they took flight, Peter called the Nova Corps to warn them about Ronan's plan. He hoped that the Nova Corps fleet would come to their aid. With the Milano and Yondu ship leading the charge, the Ravager army attacked the Dark Aster. In the chaos, Yondu's ship was shot down and it crashed on Xandar. He was confronted by a large group of Kree soldiers. With his Yaka arrow, Yondu swiftly took each soldier down one by one. Meanwhile, Rocket led a team to blast a hole in the side of Ronin's ship. They managed to break through, but Peter and the Milano couldn't get to it. Gamora shouted. There are too many of them, Rocket! We'll never make it up there! Suddenly, the Nova Corps fleet appeared. They had gotten Peter's message and came to help. Shielded by the Nova Corps ships, Peter managed to land the Milano inside Ronin's ship. Peter, Gamora, Drax, and Groot carefully stepped out of the Milano. They hadn't gotten far when Nebula suddenly appeared, blocking their way. Drax blasted her, sending her flying. Gamora smiled. Head to the flight deck. I'll shut down the power to the security doors. But Nebula hadn't been defeated. She confronted Gamora before she could reach the power source for the doors. While they fought, Peter, Groot, and Drax headed to the flight deck to find Ronan but they were stopped by Korath and his men. Korath wasn't going to let them get to his leader. Realizing his ship had been compromised by the Nova Corps, Ronan gave an order. Enough of this. Necrocraft pilots, enact immolation initiative. Ronan's pilots turned and plunged toward Xandar. All at once, they began dive-bombing the city. The Nova Corps' fleet debated turning around when they heard a voice through their radio. Keep Ronan up there, Saw. We'll take care of the people down here. Rocket and his team were bravely defending the city. Everybody shoot them before they hit the ground. Ronan held up his warhammer and blasted the Nova Corps' fleet. Their defensive line broke. Rocket radioed the rest of the team. Well, you gotta hurry. Inside, Peter, Drax, and Groot beat Korath and his men, but Gamora still hadn't disconnected the power source. Using all her strength, Gamora defeated Nebula and opened the door. 
Peter aimed the Hadron Enforcer at Ronan and fired. But the blast bounced harmlessly off Ronan. With an evil smile, the Kree leader raised his hammer. Just then, Rocket crashed the Milano into Ronan's ship at full speed, crushing him. The Dark Aster began to plummet towards the ground. Peter pulled an injured Rocket out of the Milano. The group clung desperately to each other as the ship continued to fall from the sky. There was no way they were going to survive the crash. Suddenly, Groot's branches began to grow, forming a protective sphere around his friends. Rocket confronted him. No, Groot. You can't. You'll die. Why are you doing this? Why? Groot looked knowingly at his best friend. We are Groot. The group braced for impact as the Dark Aster slammed into Xandar in a cloud of dust. Thanks to Groot's sacrifice, Peter, Drax, Gamora, and Rocket emerged unharmed. Just then, they saw a dark figure rise from the smoke of the burning wreckage. Ronan was still alive. Ronan held up his hammer, ready to demolish Xandar once and for all. Suddenly, Peter started dancing. Ronan looked at him confused. What are you doing? Peter smiled. I'm distracting you. Ronan turned around just as Rocket and Drax blasted him with the Hadron Enforcer. The Infinity Stone burst out of his hammer. Peter lunged for it, grasping it in his hand. Immediately, he began to scream in agony as the power of the stone surged through him. Gamora called out to him. Struggling, Peter managed to grasp her hand, and the stone's energy began flowing through her as well. Drax grabbed Peter's other shoulder, and Rocket clung to Drax. Together, the four of them harnessed the energy of the stone and turned towards Ronan. He looked at them outraged. They shouldn't be able to use the stone. You're mortal! How? Peter smiled. We're the guardians of the galaxy. Together, the four friends blasted Ronan with the Infinity Stone's energy. The evil Kree was destroyed forever. Gamora quickly placed the stone back in the orb. But their victory was short-lived. Yondu demanded his bounty from Peter. Hand it over, son. Reluctantly, Peter gave Yondu the sphere and a warning. Do not open that orb. You know that, right? You've seen what it does to people? Yondu just smirked as he and the Ravagers flew off in their ship. Peter turned to Gamora. He's gonna be so pissed when he realizes I switched out the orb on him. Peter held up the real orb. They still had the Infinity Stone. The Guardians would give it to the Nova Corps, who they knew would keep it safe. The group headed to Nova Corps' headquarters. There, the Nova Corps revealed something strange they had found in Peter's DNA. He was half Terran and half unknown. His mother was from Terra, and his father was an ancient, unidentified being. The Nova Corps also erased their criminal records and rebuilt the Milano. 
From then on, the group would be known as the Guardians of the Galaxy. Together, they all set off in their ship. Peter turned to his friends. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? A bit of both? Gamora looked out on the horizon. We'll follow your lead, Star-Lord. Peter grinned. Bit of both. So we're continuing to walk the floor. We're looking at some nice sword recreations. Uh, oh. Now, I'm seeing multiple versions of Keyblades here. Uh, yeah. I'm, I haven't played in the Kingdom Hearts games, have you? Yes, I have. So does the Keyblade actually change around or something? Yeah, or? it does. It all depends upon the different keychains that you collect as you're going through the game. And we've got the basic Keyblade. Um, and I wish I knew the names of them all, but... Well, it uh, looks like it's gone to the dark side a little bit. Yeah. Can you actually turn evil in the game or something? And decide no, you, you hate Mickey you, Mouse? You don't turn <laughs> evil, but the different keychains that you get change the qualities and uh, different uh, aspects of the keyblade. Gives ah. you different powers. Makes sense. Oh! <laughs> that was Jeremy's excitement ah. of nerdism. Oh, yeah. The Motu. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh uh, if they have one my size. Uh, maybe I did a bad thing. You know, small, <laughs> small, medium, large, X large. He's like if I me. see. Oh, there's a 2X. Yeah, that's right, I think I'm going to hey. buy a t shirt. I love it. Hey, you know what? When we come back, we, you do what you want to do. I love, I love too much stuff. That's my problem. Oh, yeah. I love it all. <laughs> I wish they I think I like fine. I and it's even like animated base. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the best. I'll pull this one out here. Oh. I think I see this cool stuff. That's I actually have a photo of me. I think it's the second grade, where we're doing a class picture, and I'm rocking a Masters of the Universe He-Man shirt. There you go, brother. There you go, man. I don't blame you. Oh, I mean, I, just don't get that one. Oh, DuckTales! DuckTales! Woo! <laughs> I'll rather... Thank you. Is there like a bag or anything? Or I guess maybe not. Ah, uh, Phil, could you unzip this and put this in the backpack for me, please? Now you're talking about... Oh, yeah. Yeah, the main pack there. Right here, what size? There was uh, a really cool, as we were walking in, there was like Skeletor and He-Man kind of facing oh, off cool. on this really cool artwork somebody hey, did. Awesome, right, Jock? Okay, but I've already spent $20 no, on Check out She-Hulk over here. Oh, that is awesome. Oh, okay, it's cool. time we start getting some photos of yeah. some cosplayers. Because there's a whole bunch of cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know we saw them earlier. We gotta we'll, we'll catch them here. I'm gonna go ahead and start getting photos because we got a She-Hulk Marvel character and That's stuff. That's awesome. And then yeah, definitely something from Zelda. Uh, I'm actually with a local podcast, uh, the Neverland Podcast, so we would like to be able to post these on our website. I do do shrink down versions so somebody can't just walk up and grab and get a full picture of you. But if you want a full size picture, you just let me know. Let me make sure I get y'all on my card. And I'll, yes, I'll get a picture. We mainly do a lot of Disney focus and we have at least one good Marvel character here. So I've got to oh, definitely hey, we've get got it. We've got She-Hulk, we've got Sheik, and we've got Rufio. Yeah, and it's the Neverland podcast. So obviously a Rufio we got to do, right? I'm getting a lot of crackle in my microphone. I think I'm rubbing it. Oh, all righty, but we'll get a good, once y'all are up here and ready to go. 
and I've learned to take two shots because one of them always ends up blurry. But thank you very, very much. Thank you. All right, let's find some more. Oh, okay. While we're getting photos, uh, we're actually a local Disney podcast. So the photo I will be using on our news page. Oh! Zeus. Zeus. What I do though, when I put them on the page, I shrink them down so somebody can't just grab and download pictures of just ordinary people. But if you want a full-size copy of it, just let me know. Okay. I'll get you the card here. Oh. Are you, yeah, are, are you both kind of together? Your friends, you know each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. No, we just met each other. What a coincidence. But this is just awesome. I always, I always take two because the first one always ends up blurry. That's why you have digital cameras nowadays. So. Yes. Oh, that was me using Mabel. Actually, last year saw a Mabel that actually had her shirt lighting up. Really? It was so glitter. cool. Yeah, it had, it had, she had like Christmas lights yeah. on the battery. It was really cool. It's, there's some pretty good ones. Yeah. And that's one of those shows that I actually I actually caught onto the show a little too late. It was about to end. Right when I finally found it and watched it, I said, this is the coolest show ever. That's the best thing because then you can binge watch to get out to the end. And then, unfortunately, you don't and then when they do the weekends of Gravity Falls, that's it. We're just on that's Disney it. XD. That's all it is. All right. But thank you. If you're big Disney fans, at 1.30 we have a panel talking about Walt Disney's time here in Kansas City at 1.30 at 2.05 or 2.105. You might like it. Awesome. Uh, where do we lose the film? Phil's okay. right here. Okay. Looking at ties. Oh, yeah. He loves fun ties. I'm not sure what the character is, but it's awesome. This should be the one. Yes, he's awesome. <laughs> he's a, a steampunk thing with the... It almost makes me think like a weird Captain Ahab uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea sort of thing. With the, with the little thing. All you see is the octopus shirt. Yeah. You miss the bear, the snake, and the bats. Ah. Oh, you got all kinds of stuff going on with this. That's awesome. I like this one, dude. Oh, sweet. I dare you to wear that to church. It says red rum. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't do that. You, you should just wear that and stand at the pulpit and say, isn't everything just shining today? Isn't it shining to be in front of the, in the house of the Lord? <laughs> yeah. I might be able to get away with that. Oh, that is cool. I'm not a big fan, but if I was, this would be... Oh, I'm sure I could get away with uh, the TARDIS. Say, I was going to say, yeah. this one's a big one. That one's even better because yeah. it's, yeah, it's blue. That's what I was thinking. And I'm not yeah. even a big fan, but I would see it. Oh, and there we go. We got a nice Jack yeah, Skellington thing going on here. The I office. could go with an office one. Yes. If I was a fan, that would be... A good Pokemon tie. Chewbacca ties, Millennium Falcon ties. I have no idea what that is. Death Eater tie? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, I always got to think for some of this stuff through, you know, what people would get when they look. Ooh, it's nice Zelda ties, a couple of them there. Yeah, I'm thinking of some of the stuff I like. Star-Lord, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Who? Yeah. Some Gallifreyan text. Yeah. Avengers. Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. There's some really... Oh, I solemnly swear I that like I'm up that. to no good. Yeah. <laughs> you should wear that tie and preach. The questionable pastor. Yeah, no, like I said, I got to think all that stuff through. That's why, if I was to get one and one only, it would probably go as close to it. Ah, you can always get away with the Star Trek one, you know. Star Trek. Now that one I could get away with, and I have. Alrighty. Well, we're gonna follow Phil as we walk this direction. Yeah, where are we heading? Uh, well, kind of meandering that way. Uh, there's right, the Thank You Walt Disney booth we do need to return to. I'll come looking around later, man. I don't want to get too far away from where you need to be, and I'm yeah. following. 
There's some characters. Oh, hey, I think I'm seeing some Disney princesses. Oh, which reminds me. We need to go and find those the big crowd of Disney princesses over yonder yeah, and get some photos. Yeah. Uh, Wendell just kind of went by. It's always better if you can find when they're stopped and then you can stop and ask them, you know. Get to the chopper. Exactly, get to the chopper. Oh, that wrong movie. We don't have time for this Nice. It's not a tumor. I've had three. I don't need more. <laughs> Definitely not. This, this episode of the Neverland Podcast just got suddenly morbid and cancerous. But here's the funny thing, if you want to call it funny. Uh, when I found, I found out I had my first one, that mm -hmm. movie would break this coming out. Oh, no. And honestly, yeah. God, we saw it preview the first time I heard that line. And I, I looked at my mother and I said, hey, maybe I, I have a headache. I said, hey, maybe I have a tumor. Mm. And she goes, oh, you don't have a tumor. And then we found out I did. So it's just ir irony. <laughs> All righty. Um, never know. I know it was off from this row. I think if we walk this direction, we will find. Thank you, Walt Disney. Yeah, belts. Yeah, yeah, belts. Oh, yeah, you're right. Doesn't Sarah Woloski have one of those? Something similar to that. Yeah. Which reminds me, we got to make sure we talk to that uh, Star Wars artist. Oh, yeah. No, it's the guy who did like the original Star Wars adaptation Marvel oh. comics. Is here. Oh, right, Howard Shaken. Oops, sorry. Yeah, I'm glad you remember the name because I, I wouldn't remember. <laughs> but we got to get him to say, "Hey, uh, you are listening to such and such," and the Neverland Podcast age. told me to say that. This is show my age. How many times I read those because we didn't have them to bring home. <laughs> Well, there's okay. Now this is a Disney level type of costume. Do you mind we get? We're actually a local Disney podcast. Do you mind we get a photo? Oh, we got a Harley Quinn to go with you. Uh, now we do. We, we post these up on our site, but we put them small so nobody can go and just download them because that's not safe. But if you want a full size copy of them, I will get you my card. Oh, he's oh. he's getting our card. And then so if you want like a full size copy, then I will certainly get that to you. There we go. Thank you very much. And if you're big enough Disney fans, we're about to have our panel in about half an hour in room 2105, talking about Walt Disney's time in Kansas City. So, but very cool. That's only the second Peggy Carter I think I've, I've seen around here. Yeah. There was one my first year here. There was a Peggy Carter that was standing right next to a really cool Captain America costume. They actually didn't come together, but. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've got a WWE comic book where they had Triple H was like some weird chosen one or something. And uh, I don't know if that's in I was just curious. Yeah, this just came out. It's fairly new. Uh, but yeah, well, it's, that's a, huge. it's a rare variant. So. Oh, I see. It's interesting. Yeah, I like that cover, man. Like, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. It's coming across. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Great. Great. Thank cool you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 $2 each or three for five? Yeah, Nothing I'm recognizing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Look, Nintendo Power Magazines. <laughs> Wow. Good artwork oh, here. Here we go. Oh, here's a rogue. And uh, then they're gone. Oh, we got a really cool Black Widow. Uh, hi, we're actually a local, uh, never mind. We're Sorry. actually a local Disney podcast. Uh -huh. Do you mind if we get a picture? It will go to our website. We shrink them down there so people can't just grab people. But if you want a copy of it, you just send us an email. And one of us will get you all handy out parties. Oh, he found two minis on. How's it going? Doing very well. Uh, I'm surprised to find myself here and notice that uh, you were on the list. I'm glad to have this opportunity. I'm so excited to read the new Thrawn book. Yes. 
so how long have you been riding? I've been riding professionally since 1980, worked uh, as a hobby for about five years before that. So quite a few years. Excellent. Now, um, I have seen a few uh, of your non-Star Wars books. How did you get into finding, um, or how did you get into just the entire uh, sci-fi fantasy genre? Well, I had been reading science fiction since I was a child. Uh, the impetus to start writing came from a bad TV show I watched in November of 1975. Turned it off and said, I could write a better story than that. So over the next couple of weeks, I wrote a story. It wasn't very good, but it showed how much fun writing was and finishing stories. So I worked as a hobby for about three years um, between work on my thesis project. Uh, sold my first story in December of 78. Uh, sold my second story in July of 1979, the day I found out my thesis advisor had died of a heart attack overnight, leaving me with a project that was never going to work. There was a basic flaw in it. So I worked with a new professor for a semester on a new project, discovered I couldn't write and do physics at the same time. I just didn't have enough mental energy. So in uh, January of 1980, we qu I quit the department and started writing full-time. Um, if you can talk about it, sure. where did you find the inspiration for a character like Thrawn? Originally, when I was offered the Thrawn trilogy, I knew I wanted to do something that felt like Star Wars but wasn't what George Lucas had already done. So no super weapon, no Vader type, no Emperor type. And as I worked out uh, the storyline, it occurred to me that a more dangerous enemy is someone who can lead by loyalty because the troops will fight for him whether he's in the room with them or not. So you start with that and what kind of person inspires loyalty? Good strategists so that they know they're likely to win the battle. Uh, not emotionally involved in battles so he will know when he's losing collect the troops, get them out of there, pick a new time and place, uh, several other things, and then finally, since the emperor didn't seem to like aliens, at least in the higher echelons of the military, make him an, a non-human so that the, the reader knows if he makes Grand Admiral, he must be something very, very special. And that's Thrawn. Well, I can say uh, is congratulations on the new book. Thank you. Uh, Congratulations on seeing this character reach, you know, even a bigger audience. My kids love Thrawn. They love seeing this cold, calculating, emotionless, nearly emotionless character. That's just, you know, a very great addition to the Star Wars. He's done. They've done a great job with him in Rebels, and among other things, along with the cold, calculating, you get the sense he will never say, "You rebel scum." He understands them. He he respects them, right. but he will destroy them if they're in their, his way. So it's, it's he's, yeah. a, he's an Imperial we've never quite seen before. So any advice for aspiring young writers? Keep writing. <laughs> uh, a lot of writers discover it's a lot of work and they give up and that doesn't get you published. So the trick is you just keep at it, keep learning your style, developing your style, read a lot to know what you like about other people's writing and what you don't like so you can adopt the first and, and make sure you don't fall into the trap of the second and just keep at it. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. You're Mr. welcome. Timothy Zahn. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> we can have another fan, fan guy moment. <laughs> Thank you. And we'll, we'll get if, you hooked back if, up. If I may, I've brought a couple of books. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yes. All right, so now we're leaving Planet Comic Con 2017. Woo! And it's cold, and it's raining, and it's very opposite from what you're used to in Arizona, I'm sure. Oh, you'd be surprised. But let's see, we saw a lot of really great panels, which at this point, if you're listening to the podcast, either you've heard one of the great panels or you haven't, and you're going to. Uh, we ended up spending some money. I found a four-for-one deal on about a bunch of Spider-Man comics because that's what I do. That's what I do. I found a really cool Masters of the Universe, uh, He-Man in the Masters of the Universe. It was based off the animated series T-shirt. Awesome. I had to have it. We took some really great photos, saw some great cosplay. Didn't get near as many cosplay photos as I expected. But overall, we've had a pretty good time. Oh, most definitely. That's right. Got to meet Rick Flair. Woo! And I Got think the parking garage this way. Jerry Lawler, the king. Uh, I didn't get to meet him, but we did, did see him. He walked in a room. We have a little bit of audio that we have either shared by now or we will share in the future. That's right. You're a listener. You are time traveling. I don't know if you're getting to hear anything Philip says. Neither one of us are near that close to Philip. I'm going to get right at home. Now you can hear you, Philip. Hi, Philip. Hi. Uh, do not kiss me. <laughs> I will not do that. I cannot resist. He's such a beautiful man. Of course. Of course. So we got to be It was close. a fun day. Yes. And it has been a successful con. Yes, we have had all kinds of fun. We're only going to be able to attend one day. We got some great Star Wars photos. We got locked in the trash compactor and we nearly died. And then a Wampa attacked us on Hoth. Oh, you forgot so. about the Dianoga. Oh, totally. Yeah, because uh, Eric nearly got tripped up by it. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we walk in the rain and back to the parking garage of which we parked, we do remind, want to remind you to, uh, well, heck, you know, I've got an audio thing I play at the end of this, but you know what? We want to remind you to tune in next week. We want to thank you for tuning in this week. Keep a big seat in your pocket, even if you're walking in the cold rain. Uh, got a towel? <laughs> yeah. A rain slicker? Perhaps a jacket? There's a smile on your heart. There's, There's no better time to start. Thank you, umbrellas. Smile, darn you, smile. This is for your Disney Indiana. It's a great world, it's a great world after all. <laughs> yeah, Scott and Tracy might not like that. And now we're into the realm of a lot of background noise, and I'm not going to get any good audio. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young-at-heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. 
All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions, and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello, everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you.